Platinum group metals are extremely important for the modern world due to their unique properties and wide range of applications. However, due to South Africa's energy crisis, producers may not be able to meet global demands. Hi, I'm Rochelle Boerta, and in this episode, precious metals consultant Dr. David Davis gives Schlengiwe Motohung a forecast on PGMs into the year 2030. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Deep Insights podcast on Mining Review Africa. My name is Sengiwe Mutawung and thank you for tuning in. This is the second installment of the Mining 2030 series and today we take a look at Platinum Group Metals. So PGMs are most valued for their wide range of industrial, medical and electronic applications. Platinum is one of the rarest metals in the world with distinctive qualities, making it high value across industries. From Mohalakwena to Binoni, Marikana, all the way to Northern, South Africa's Merenski and Upper Group 2 reefs are endowed uh, with more than 80% of the world's platinum reserves. However, in a recent report published by Arctis Metals Portfolios, precious metals consultant Dr. David Davis has revealed that amid South Africa's endowment of the metal, the rolling power outages in the country will cause PGM supplies to face a steep drop, leaving flat an already staggering economy. Dr. Davis joins us to further unpack the PGM's outlook report. Dr. Davis, thank you for joining us and welcome to Deep Insights. Thank you very much for having me. Mm. So now, what kind of an impact does load shedding have on a platinum mine? Just take us through how 10 hours without power a day impacts the day-to-day operational routine. Well, um, it it does, uh, especially if the load shedding frequency is high and that's above four, five and six. Obviously, six is the the official number, which is which is the extreme number where at least 50 percent of um, machinery has to be closed down. It depends also on the type of mine that there are open pits mines, which, of course, uh, have no underground operations, so that's more easier. And uh, there are mid-deep dark mines and very deep mines. So the protocol for each of the mines is very, very different in terms of what what, what is happening uh, to load shedding. But I, I think we'll probably look at a, a deep middle, uh, middle mine because the other one can, in fact, hold a little long, or longer. Uh, basically, um, before I start, I'd just like to indicate to your viewers that uh, platinum mining is, is extremely complex and platinum extraction is extremely com- complex. Um, it obviously involves mining. If it's deep, it will involve refrigeration. It will involve significant ventilation, which requires electricity. Uh, and, and then obviously it well it involves the miners, which their safety is of utmost importance. Uh, the um, following the trip up to the the concentrator, we, we we grind the ore to and float it to liberate a, a flotation concentrate, which is concentrated in 
platinum-rich metals and copper and nickel. Yep. So the concentrator, you might have six or seven ball mills uh, grinding away. And again, very highly um, 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 uh, electrified uh, system. Uh, from there to the smelter and converting. Now, the uh, smelter has to be treated like a baby um, because it doesn't like um, high and low temperatures. And so it, it expands and contracts. Um, and similarly, the converters are are not as quite as it disrupted, but they are. And thereafter, that process is, um, the, the ore goes through that process. It then goes through, possibly in a different district, the uh, refining uh, and electro winning of copper and nickel, and then further organic uh, solution uh, methodologies to extract the, the platinum and, and the platinum group metals. Now, it takes around about six months to, mm. for the platinum to uh, a piece of platinum, if you like, to yeah. go through that whole process. So that gives you some background. Um, so uh, on a on a mine, uh, if you if you have a stoppage, uh, obviously there is a, a significant uh, communication between ESCOM and. Uh, and the mining houses and the mines. Yep. So they will know pre, pre-hand what they can stop and what they can't stop. But uh, if you're looking at a stage four to six, um, you will probably, uh, as I said, it d- depends on the, um, the protocol the mining people adopt. You probably uh, have to stop uh, uh, mining or really limit mining, uh, depending how deep the mine is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll probably have to stop uh, ball mills mm-hmm. and run a few ball mills from a stockpile. And mm-hmm. the smelter will have to try and keep on at a reduced rate to go through. Uh, at a very high frequency of and, and a length of time, the, uh, the, the mine will more or less uh, come to a standstill with with standby uh, 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 um, generators running the important uh, pieces of equipment for safety. Um, basically, uh, that is what happens. And, it's, and, you, and it can happen in various different, as I said, there are various di- different protocols. You could carry on some mining and stop the concentrator, build up a concentrate, but the likelihood uh, of that happening, we will see actually what has happened over the uh, fourth quarter of 22, how, how the miners have, have dealt with that protocol. Um, going forward, uh, I'm sure they'll have to restructure their operations quite significantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the effects of the two, uh, of, of, of load shedding, will be uh, initially a build-up in um, inventory mm-hmm. because inventory before the smelting. And so you get, uh, you'll build up a lot of money in, in, in inventory. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then you have to put that inventory, feed it through the smelters. Well, it's, at some stage, the inventory is going to be very large. So the structure of running the operations yeah. is going to change. So in that in that regard, you will probably have a lower throughput, uh, and so that means 
uh, a reduction of output of PGMs. Mm. So, so um, I think in addition to the, the the lower throughput, I think most importantly their health and safety. There's so many repercussions on that because if the ventilation fails with people underground, that really really causes some safety hazards. Well, uh, the, the the mining uh, fraternity and elsewhere, of course, uh, always put safety first. Mm. So they always will put their their people first in terms of if it's if it's bad, if it's going to be bad, they won't put them down. They won't put people down the mine. Mm. Mm. Um, sorry, carry on. Yes. So so you 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 were talking about um, the fact that supply will be affected. I mean, the title of your report suggests that the global mine supply will fall significantly. And I know that this is attributed to to Eskom's load shedding. But just how much in terms of quantity will Eskom power shortages put a dent into PGM supply? Well, it's, 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 I'll talk about platinum, palladium and rhodium because those are the, the three main P, PGMs. Oh. And it, there, again, it is very complex to work out how how much will uh, will uh, will it affect. Mm. Because you have that uh, initial um, buildup of um, inventory. Yeah. And so uh, it is really more or less impossible to calculate <laughs> but you can look at it on the increase in frequency of load shedding and you can judge from previous load shedding and really make a educational guess if you like of of how much uh, platinum will be uh, uh, affected now um and it also obviously depends on how many days this last uh, last um, year, we we were 151 days uh, of load shedding uh, at, diff- at uh, increasing levels of frequency of load shedding. Previous year to that, we have only 48 days. And I'm expecting that the days of load shedding will easily go up to 250 days this year. So clearly, uh, at that sort of rate, um, I'm being very conservative and I would think that South Africa would lose between 12 and 20 percent mm. of its of its output. Now, South Africa produces about 4.8 million uh, ounces, mm. so clearly it is it, it is significant, but it is in that range. On the global side of things, um, it will be somewhere when in nine. Nine uh, percent in that 9%. in in, mm. in that in that in that order of magnitude, mm. plus or minus two or three. Mm. So that is important because um, uh, just as an aside, mm. platinum is changing its spots all the time mm. Be- because of the decarbonisation, because of global climate change. Platinum is used significantly for, uh, as we know, exhaust catalysts yes. and palladium. But it is also used to create green hydrogen. Although there are other methods to produce green hydrogen, yeah. we see green hydrogen being the number one priority uh, for, uh, for, for, for platinum in the long term, together with fuel cell vehicles. So now those are drastic results that we're um, we're about to see in the coming future, and my my 
next question is more on to um, con- consulting firms and investors. Is enough attention being given to this? Um, are consulting firms loud enough on the matter and, and are investors equally aware? I'm sorry to say that the larger reserve uh, um, research organizations and the investors have been behind the curve and they're only just coming on board. And I've I've been blowing my trumpet for a couple of years now saying, hey, what about uh, ESCOM um, and and its effect on uh, the platinum group metals, in particular platinum? Um, the research industry has indicated that there are risks involved, uh, but have not. Uh, it, they haven't come to the party quick enough, in my view. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and so, having done that, uh, they haven't uh, indirectly um, uh, told investors that this could happen. Mm. They have said that there are risks available. So I, I, I'm a, I, I am concerned about that, mm, yes. Mm. No, Dr. Davis, let's hope that such dialogues will um, kind of get the word out there so that um, yes. we can start preparing. So now let's move on to, um, let's, let's dive deeper into your report. Um, the Integrated Resource Plan of 2019 has been met with several barriers since its adoption, including serious procurement problems resulting in significant delays. What do you think are some of the factors influencing ESCOM's inability through, given the government's failure to give an update on the revised IRP framework? Well, it's it's not only 2019 and 2017, 2018, now 2019, are, are not fit for purpose. Mm. Uh, and weren't then, they weren't introduced then. In 2017, they weren't introduced. So the government has a background of really non-compliance to their own, uh, uh, um, their, their, their own... Um, Commitments. Uh, yes. Mm. So clearly, um, there is a difference after the the president has formed this national committee mm. and set some objectives uh, in July when he when he re- recreated the the, the committees. Yeah. Since then, however, we have not seen timetables. Mm. We have not seen we need to get it done by X date. Uh, and and the, we have got lots of bureaucratic uh, complications. And we've got uh, political uh, complications, those who are on the side of green energy and those who are on the side of of coal energy. So um, we've got complications within complications. And basically, um, to see it will take at least six or seven months to to unwrap a new program, by which time it'll be out of date anyway. Mm. So, so clearly it is it is not a good start yeah. for the government. But the government has kick-started the COP27, the COP26, COP27 partnership. Yeah. Um, and they've offered, they being uh, the UK, the USA, Europe, etc., have offered to um, deliver 
1.3 or 1.4 trillion rand mm. uh, to uh, to change over from uh, coal to mm. uh, green energy. Mm. However, there is there are dates associated with it. Yeah. So if you don't actually achieve what you're going to achieve, mm. your exports to those countries yeah. or to any country for that matter will be taxable at a higher tax rate because you haven't uh, decarbonized enough. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there are high penalties associated with that. But also, again, is is South Africa not um, committing too much of what it cannot uh, uh, bring itself up to speed with? Are we are we biting more than we can chew? I think we are, mm-hmm. because um, we need more resources in all of these areas to to kickstart the the whole program mm. and uh the we need barriers to per, uh, procurement dropping dramatically yeah we, we need all of those factors uh resources to 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 carry them out with and we haven't got the money at the moment to do that mm. Mm. so uh it, it it's it's going to be difficult mm. I, I really, really hate to go into the worst here, but Dr. Davis, your report also points that Eskim's emergency generation system has run out of fuel, which really, really calls for concern. What do we see companies doing to keep afloat? And more importantly, how can the platinum industry, the PGM's industry, cushion itself for this gloomy period? Well, just to go back to the uh, emergency gas temp, uh, uh, diesel generators. Yes. Uh, basically, uh, ESCOM has spent, uh, overspent on it more than double, about 11 billion rand on on uh, on diesel, mm-hmm. and um, uh, as against uh, 6 billion. Um, they want to add another 19 billion to to secure to make it what I call a, not a high heightened risk. But at the moment, the government hasn't come forward. And so the height, the risk is heightened that we can't just go and switch on an emergency generator to help us through the load shedding. Now, um, you asked what uh, what our, our mining uh, and, and industries are doing. Well, the, 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 they they're doing as much as they can in terms of bringing forward their um, their green energy programs and co- continuing with their green en- energy programs. Up, they're allowed up to 100 megawatts uh, by government uh, through the government laws and what have you. But uh, the um, the new uh, the, the new thinking is that those that will be done away with so that we can uh, these companies the big companies can have uh, additional generating capacity through solar solar systems uh, the small the small guys are are, are really battling with their, yeah. with with their um, generators mm. and so forth mm. so that's really it's going to be a interim period before the solar will come through but one thing I should say, and and people don't recognise, that of the uh, coal-powered stations, mm-hmm. five 
coal power stations are due to be closed down uh, uh, by 2025. Mm. That means about five uh, uh, megawatts yeah. uh, of uh, of uh, system which will which will close. Mm. And so as the as the coal fired units get older and yeah. are closed, so the solar panel system, the solar recovery systems that mm. are put in place, which mm. should be put in place, mm. should take that out, take over the the, mm. the gap. Mm. But it it won't happen, mm. and uh, it won't happen as quickly as we think, and so we'll still be in a, a high risk uh, situation. So I'm not sure if this is in connection to the question that I'm about to ask. When we talk about renewable energy, we are currently seeing, as you've said, a lot of miners acquiring green assets, um, mainly in, in solar and wind energy. But there are more woes on transmission expansions with Eskom's generation connection ca um, capacity assessment report noting that there are limiting factors for connecting areas with best wind and solar resources. So what are the some what are some of the outlined issues regarding the inability to transmit renewable energy given Eskom's 3000 uh, a 33000 uh, kilometer transmission line? Well, uh, around about 14000 kilometers. Mm. Are, are associated with new generation and new lines. Yeah. And they are uh, are deemed to be put into the Northern Cape and the Eastern Cape mm. and, uh, and so as to relieve uh, or so as all of those areas with high potential of wind and, uh, and sun uh, can actually generate a significant amount of electricity uh, through power lines. But the, the barriers to that are considerable. Mm. Um, uh, the servitudes, for example, over land, uh, you know as well as I do, the law acts quite slow. Uh, yeah. If you want to purchase a, 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 a portion of a farmer's land, yeah. you know, there will be a lot of, um, a lot of hassling uh, red going tape. on. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, red tape going through that. Mm. So uh, we, we effectively have a grid system which possibly is the most uh, dire uh, situation that mm. ESCOM can be in because mm. the grid system cannot transport now mm. the, uh, the, the areas from the areas with the greatest uh, wind and solar mm. and PV panels, yes. Mm. Uh, and, and the other thing is that I'd like to really bring up, and, mm. and normally, when I say normally, yeah. Um, it is usual to wheel mm. power from one section to another. So if 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 you built a, a, a power power line, yeah, you, you could wheel that power right up through the grid. Mm. Uh, but um, basically, uh, that is uh, probably a high risk because you haven't completed the necessary. Uh, trans, uh, um, transformers and grid lines, etc. Mm -hmm. So, uh, 
Wheeling is a possibility, but not going to be in the, in in the near future. It would make more sense to wheel via Eskom with um, lines that are already existing. It can, they can do, but mm. uh, the lines which are existing are not that uh, mm. they are replaced. Mm. But I think the problem in replacing uh, 14,000 kilometers or putting new 14,000 kilometers mm. between 23 and uh, 2032 yeah. uh, is going to be a very, very big task big uh, and a very capital intensive program. Mm. Mm. Very capital intensive. So one wonders whether it will be achieved. Hmm. So now let's take it out of South Africa. Um, while Zimbabwe appears to still be cleaning shop, which other countries are fairly equipped to to balance the global supply? The short answer is none. Mm. <laughs> there mm. are no countries. Not As even you, Canada? No. Um, you, you mentioned in the introduction, uh, the South Africa itself um, mm. has 70, roughly 73% mm. of the world's platinum yeah. uh, production at the moment. Mm. Uh, Russia has around about 10 or 11 mm. and Zimbabwe 8 yeah. uh, to 10. So uh, America... Um, uh, uh, North America has about six percent, but yes. that's more palladium than than platinum. Yes. So basically, you cannot replace it. The only way to replace it is to uh, recover it through recycling. Mm. Uh, so um, the recycling of platinum and of the PGMs uh, will will have to certainly be uh, built up quite considerably. Mm because recycling of platinum just recently hasn't been so good. And the reason for that is the um, most, the average motor vehicle, passenger vehicle uh, life is around about 12 years. Mm -hmm. And in that 12 years, main, the, the petrol driven uh, engines were, were in the, um, in the, in, 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 at the high level. So they have more palladium in than platinum. So consequently, any recycling over the next 12 years won't deliver the, that much palladium. Mm. Dr. Davis, Russia is another factor that you have just mentioned. And it seems like the ongoing conflict between the country and um, Ukraine is a never ending one. Um, how does this further affect the supply of PGMs? Well, I see uh, Norris to Nickel, who who uh, produces copper and nickel and PGMs, mm. uh, has just come out with their um, their annual report or a, a preliminary annual report in 2022. They did say that um, in that uh, in the report they were looking at uh, reducing because of the supply chain uh, cha uh, chain problems. They did have a little sentence in there, uh, which gave me a, a, a made my eyes uh, um, open a little in terms of that. Uh, in my report, I indicated that there are a few up to 14 or 15 projects which this company is developing yeah. through to, to 2030, 2035. Yeah. However, the um, 
However, the um, basically they did indicate uh, that uh, those projects were being delayed by at least two to three years. So as we we are not going to see a big change, but I expect uh, in the medium uh, term five to ten percent changes coming along the line mm. because they've had a couple of uh, problems with metallurgical operations in 2021 and uh, those are now online so i i would expect a, a decline there mm. but i think i i would like to also state that it's not only escom which is going to create a big problem yeah. if, if you didn't have an escom problem uh the my uh, predictions, and of that of many others, indicate that the platinum group metals are in decline in the bushveld, in in the in the igneous uh, uh, bushveld. So, in, in other words, uh, they are in decline already, uh, simply because of uh, uh, exploration, limited exploration, limited capital going out. Um, uh, of the company's hands, and so that will continue to decline. So the decline has been exasperated by ESCOM. By ESCOM, but not only limited to ESCOM, of course. Yes. Mm. So lastly, Dr. Davis, what are some of the additional risks or economic implications, not just on mining output, but on the social end? What will happen to people working in these sectors? Well, it's going to hit everyone. Um, for example, uh, uh, your cell phone, uh, you know, the battery from the uh, transmitter can last anywhere between two and six hours. It depends on how charged that battery is. So your um, communications uh, from village to village and uh, from place to place will be non-existent unless the the um, the cell phone operators install um, uh, extra power for these transmissions. Municipalities are being affected significantly because at higher levels uh, of of load shedding, the pumps for water, the pumps for sewerage, are are are, are you know. Uh, are taking strain. Mm. Yeah, are mm. taking the strain, and mm. so every angle, uh, corner of the uh, of the country's industries, and 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 especially the poor, uh, are, are going to be affected significantly. Mm. Dr. Davis, thank you for for coming onto a platform to put the spotlight on the reality of the future of precious metals. I hope this podcast will call for for more dialogue and and not just on on these issues that lie ahead but also how we can prepare or even better yet solve them thank you very much thank you for having me on well uh, we have come to the end of today's podcast episode on the future of PGMs in South Africa. Be on the lookout for a continuation of the series on other commodities as well. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Remember to like, share and subscribe to Deep Insights. For more mining news, visit miningreview.com. Until next time, goodbye.